All right, we are live. This is Oran Rising. We are live. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show. All right, we're coming live, and we're on a weird day, right? Normally, we do like a Wednesday or Thursday. Not this week. Wednesday and Thursday and Friday is Christmas, right? Christmas Eve, so we're not doing a Wednesday, and if I do, it might be to do some Orion Rising news and piss everybody off talking about politics. <laughs> right <laughs> you never know today i don't know if you read the uh the uh, uh uh title of this today we got mandy over here today mandy from ancient aliens worldwide she is the girl that runs that entire place right and she's doing a fabulous job let me turn the camera on so we can see her here there she is right there right above there, right up there there she is um we just had I say we, not really, because she runs the place. I just created the thing back in 2012. She runs the place now. So she just hit a milestone with with Ancient Aliens Worldwide. If you guys are in that group, you know about it. And if you're not, you should be. 250,000 members. We are currently the largest UFO hunting group on the face of the planet. Just so you Pretty guys cool. know. There might be a website out there somewhere, but I haven't found one yet. Like MUFON Global, or MUFON, not MUFON Global, because MUFON Global has only got about 70,000 little teeny pee-pee people that try to overtake and, and uh, take control of other people's uh, uh, groups that are larger than theirs. Um, so don't join that group. Those guys are, are cocksuckers over there. So um, they're not associated with MUFON, the actual uh, MUFON people. I know that because I know them and I talk to them. And they said, we're not uh, associated with them at all. They're just a fan club. Okay, so don't let them into your house because if they get into your house, they're going to try and take you over. They tried to take us over a couple years ago. And guess what? We fired everybody and, and Mandy took over. And guess what happened? We did better. <laughs> right? so I can't say we because I'm just, I, don't, I don't really do anything. I'm in the background. I have other things to do. I created it. And Mandy, is the, she's the operator. She's the, she's the general that runs that little army. Right? I can't say little army because it's the biggest one on the planet. Uh, so you guys, some of you think she's a dictator, but you guys thought I was too, right? You can, no, not, not everybody loves the boss. Not everybody loves the one who's in charge. We know that. I so so 250,000 people. I mean, that that's insane, right? It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. It's been a wild ride. It's good stuff. You know, I mean, uh, you have the headache that, that I started out with. Right. And um, I don't know if that I would want to be the only one running that place like you're doing. <laughs> I mean, you're not the only one doing it by yourself. You have a whole staff of people that have volunteered to help you. But I remember what a headache it was for, for me to try and get in there and, and constantly, you know, look at stuff. In fact, I just got a, a notification this morning from Facebook that somebody had posted. I don't know what time, but it was today. So it must have been somebody in the middle of the night posted a picture in one of our threads and it was a nasty picture, so they they took it down. Facebook it. took it down. I saw it. And, Did you see and, it? The one with Santa and the girl. Yeah, yeah. So Facebook notified me on that one. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I saw it, and um, I, I I looked at that and I went, I went, oh man, I'll bet we I'll bet we knew about that, but you know, with with their algorithm, they're, it's a machine, so I'm yeah, sure exactly. they they caught it before we could get rid of it. Um, yeah, but. but that person, that person has now also been removed. Well, they actually suggested that we do something about that with that person. They give you um, a note, you get a notification saying that this has come up and it's against their rules and everything. But they don't ban the person. No, they don't. Then for no, us don't. to go do that, and Chase killed him. So you know. Okay, good. Yeah, when I saw that, I started laughing. I was like, oh man, I know. I didn't even check with you because I knew you guys knew about it. I just get the notification as the creator. I yeah. get the notification sent to my to my inbox. Yeah, I was laughing. I said, oh. I'm like, you know, that picture would be okay in some settings, <laughs> just not there. 
not in a public right. one. It's crazy. But it's really busy at the moment. It's I guess people are, are on Christmas break and you know lots of in in Europe there's a lot of factories and a lot of industrial type places. They'll shut down for two or three weeks between Christmas and New Year. Right. And so that's what's going on at the moment, I think. We've got a lot of Europeans joining and uh, yeah, and that's always good. I I've noticed that there was an increase uh in viewership from uh from the UK. And I wasn't yeah. I didn't know that they did that, that the factories did actually close during that time. Well not necessarily in UK, but I know that like Germany there's a bunch of places that they'll just they'll shut down because you've got all these various holidays that are official holidays. Right. So we have these people trooping in at two you know, for two or three days here and two or three days there. They might just as well have the whole lot and then go back right. at the beginning of the year after everything's over with. Right. Just, yeah. Yeah. They yeah, they were they were talking about that, like different things affect them. I was watching UFC yesterday, and it was a um, a tribute to the Irish fighter um, Conor McGregor and what he's done for Ireland and bringing Ireland into the fold of fighting, showing right. that people from Ireland are actually really good. Um, in and they they had a fight that they did in Dublin. Uh, this was back in 2013, I think, or 2014, and they said that that it, it was done on a Sunday. They said that Monday was the largest call out from from work in the history of Ireland. Because <laughs> the whole country was partying and watching the fight and drinking and everybody well, yeah. called out the next day. Isn't that hilarious? Well, it's yeah. kind of normal thing where the Irish are concerned. Right. I, yeah. The Irish don't need a reason to drink. The, the reason to drink is just yeah. so they justify it. Right. And they're ex it's expected that they're going to miss the next day. I'm pretty sure. So. Right. Right. I think that's funny. But the funny thing was, you know, the Irish, I mean, we're that way. They, they were, they had the, the meeting the day before the fight. They always do the weigh-ins and then they always sit down like two days before the fight with the fighters and they take questions from the fans. Right. And they had, they had all these guys with their, their kids, these Irish guys with their little boys up on their shoulders. And they were asking questions. One guy, one little guy, he must've been about six. He got up there and he looked at Josie Aldo. That was the guy that he was about to fight. And he says, "Hi, Josie Aldo. You better, what did he say? How did he say it? You better get ready to spit shine that, that uh, belt and give it to Conor McGregor, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one says, hey, this is a question for Conor. How long do you think it's going to take for you to rip his head off? Conor just smiled. He loved it. These two kids. No, no, neither one of them was older than eight, and they were up there on their dad's shoulders. Dad's up there with the proud look, looking up at his son while he's got the microphone. Oi, mate! That was hilarious. It was funny. Anyway, anyway. to go back to what you said at the beginning, yeah, I haven't, I haven't been called a dictator on that page for quite a long time. No, you're right. Absolutely. At the beginning, yeah. I just wanted to clarify. I, you know. It's the last thing I want to be. Right. Is that the whole thing about that page is having so many people. It's like it's such a it's such a bunch of different topics that are considered to be like out there and mad and right crazy people. And so it's just making sure that everybody that wants to say their piece yeah. gets to say it safely and not be lambasted and made fun of and you know, ripped over the coals because they have a feeling about something. Most of the time. Right? It, it, and that does happen. I got a guy who actually uh, is, uh, messaged me, and it wasn't something that was reflective of ancient aliens worldwide. It was in, in general because he didn't, he didn't he messaged me there. He messaged me personally 
because um, a lot of times I get a message from the you know ancient aliens worldwide that's to me. But right. this was him to my uh, my personal page, and he had he said, um, you know, he claims, and I know other people that claim the same thing, but anything's possible. Like I knew a guy I literally worked with him, and he believed that he was um, King Arthur, and and uh, this guy also believes he was King Arthur. Uh, but they have different names, so it's not the same guy. So I'm like, well, I'm going to get you guys together and sit down. If you guys could need to figure this out, one of you is not King Arthur. Right. Uh, but, however, he did touch, he did touch on, he said, I, I even have his memories. Um, he says, We're, I, I'm caught in a loop. We're caught in a loop here, and nobody will believe me. And he said, he actually said, you guys don't believe me. And I haven't really responded to him yet, but I'm like, obviously, you don't know who I am. Because you would know that I, I do believe you. But I, that's what I'm going to say when I respond to him. But he's like, nobody will put me on their show because they all think I'm a loony, te- a loony bird. Well, I mean, you know, 20 years ago, that, that is, you know, back in the 70s, you were a loon if you said UFOs. My father said right. that he believed that, that um, some of the people on this planet were not from this planet. And he believed that uh, people with, uh, with the uh, typo negative blood were, in fact, aliens who crash landed here or a penal colony. And he was waiting, hoping that someday the aliens were going to come and fetch us. And now you can forward in time. The scientists in last year said that people with a type O negative blood DNA may not be from here, that the DNA is only traced back 10,000 years. Wow. Right? So, that, so they're saying it's a possibility that they're either angelic or an alien race that, that, that colonized here. Right. So well, it makes sense. Yeah. So I'm just like, wow, my dad who said that back in, in the 70s, how many years ago that was? Was that 50 years ago, right? Whatever. It feels like it. Feels yeah. like it. 40 yeah. years ago. 40 yeah. years ago, but still. He said that back then people laughed at him. He was a lunatic for saying that. What are you, nuts? This guy's crazy. I so, I so wish that my dad had actually lived long enough to be able to see Ancient Aliens, the TV show, because he, he would have driven my mother insane with it. Yeah. He probably would have ended up having to have a room on his own because he would have been sat there going, oh, oh, oh I've said this all along. Right. My um, dad was the same way. But see, here's the thing. He was a UFO hunter, and he, and he was the reason that I started hunting UFOs because he was like, look, there's a UFO. Right? And we would go, look. We all went and looked, and, and it was not an aircraft of any kind that we have now. My yeah, father, I, was he was able to, to, to do that at least twice or three times. And coming forward in time and reading, um, uh, what's his name, Bud Hoskins' books, uh, Missing Time and, and uh, Intruders and another book that he wrote, he was, a, he was the guy that they based, loosely they based the third kind on. I don't know if the third, I know the third kind they claim was a true story, but I know that it's not. Because if you take the DVD and you watch it, they show the makings of the videos that are supposed to be the actual footage. Right. Right? Right. So how do you, how do, you do that? How you, how you got making, ready? action right so the actual footage is is filmed it's bullshit so uh in, in any case the the guy was a was a psychologist or actually he was a psych yeah he was a psychologist not a psychiatrist because if he was a psychiatrist he just give him dope he was a psychologist so he was trying to help people and uh people up in nome alaska this is the the story for the third kind and this is true because this really did happen in up there but the story the story the way they showed in the movie was faked um because there's more UFO activity in Nome, Alaska in the last 50 years than anywhere else in the United States. No one knows why. So this guy was a psychologist, and he had this reoccurring thing with these people that they were having nightmares, and they were, and he saw consistencies throughout the nightmare of certain things that they were witnessing and seeing in the nightmare. Like, for instance, an owl outside their bedroom window that wouldn't go away when they were trying to shoo it away. 
um, which they, he found out later was their brain in uh, is trying to make sense of a alien gray's face with the big um, drab, you know, olive drab black eyes. If you look right. at an owl, they have their their whole the the fur there kind of makes the same thing. There's a picture. Just to interrupt you a minute, there's actually oh, okay. a picture keeps getting popped up and people we have to decline it because it looks like two aliens standing next to each other but it's actually a camera that's in a nest and it's two baby owls standing and it looks just like two greys yeah see <clears throat> so right. people were seeing that so hoskins uh did he ended up getting involved in he was he uh was the guy who regressed betty and barney hill right okay so he was that guy so after that, he started doing that to other people, and he ended up becoming the most famous guy that was researching uh, uh, aliens because he was regressing everybody, and in you know and, and showing this stuff. So he wrote the book Missing Time, and after I read that, I realized my father had missing time, a lot of it. He talked about it, and he didn't understand it. He said, I got on the freeway and I was driving home from work the other day, and this was when I was like 16, 17 years old. And he was living by himself because my parents had split up, right? And at this time, I was living with my mom, not my dad. I moved in with my dad because of his missing time, hoping that I could see it. I don't know if it happened. <laughs> right? But he, he said he was driving on the, on the road, and all of a sudden, it, it was 8 o'clock, and he got on the freeway. All of a sudden, he was 100 miles away, and it was 930. And he doesn't know. He has no memory of anything in between. It was literally he looked at his watch, and he was driving, and then he went, where the hell am I? And he looked at his watch. It was an hour and a half later. And he wow. had it happened to him quite a bit. So then I read, you know, the books and Missing Time usually is, that's what happened to Betty and Barney Hill. That's what started the whole thing. So I'm like, you know, my father might have been being abducted. That's, that's freaky. So that got me really interested, that and him going, quick, everybody outside, there's a UFO. And we all run outside and there's a UFO. And everybody in our town saw it. And everybody in two towns, three towns, three cities saw it. And it floated over the military base, up the highway, and, and over the mountain to the next valley where people who lived there saw it. The whole thing, 100,000 people. At the time, there was probably 100,000 people between those three cities. Now there's like, you know, 500,000 people between those three cities. But they all saw it. Everybody knew it, right? So growing up, he would have been mad crazy right now to be. He would have been sitting around like you said. He'd have been going Hercules, Hercules. See, I told yeah, you. I told you. Dad would have been freaked out. Yeah. I mean, he would have loved it. Do you do you think you've been abducted? I I do. Um, there are instances in in uh, when I was younger, especially, uh, and and I probably it probably still goes on. I wake up sometimes and I have like a, a bloody nostril where it feels like something had scraped me, like they put something in my nose and pull it out and it scraped me, and I have a bloody nose. Uh, but when I was a kid, my brother and I shared a room most of our lives. We're only 20 months apart, so we're basically raised like twins, even though we're completely opposite. We're not twins. But we were raised like that. So we are in the same room until we were 17, uh, and I moved out to move in with Dad. That's the only way he got his own room, and I got my own room. Uh, otherwise, we had bunk beds when we were kids, and then we split the room. We even had the, tent, the tape down the middle. This is my side, your side. We used to have this really odd things happen, okay? I had... In my mind, when I was going to bed, I knew something was going to happen. I had this feeling in my brain I can't explain. And my brother also knew that, even though I didn't say anything to them. And I remember the first time we both talked about it, all we said was, I laid down and I went, uh-oh, to myself. My brother sat up in his bed and looked at me and said, it's going to happen again tonight, isn't it? And I said, yeah. 
And that's the last that remember. That's the last memory I have, and that's the last memory he has of that night, until and my brother. It was either one or the other. This was how the night would end. It would be hours later, and either my brother would wake up in what they called night terrors, <clears throat> where he'd be screaming with his eyes closed, screaming at the top of his lungs, wow. and and we would have to like shake him to wake him up, or I would wake up, and I was. It was like I was out of my body, but I was in my body. It was like, I don't know if you've ever done drugs and you get really, really, really stoned on dope. If you've ever done that, you get that, you get that feeling that like you're witnessing yourself from the inside. That was how I would be. And I would go around. Everyone in the whole house was shut off. I couldn't wake them up. They were all asleep. And when I went to wake them up, they were asleep and would not wake up. And it was almost like I wasn't in control of my body completely. And I would go and turn on every light in the house except for the rooms where people were sleeping. And I would end up in the bathroom staring at my eyes in the mirror. And I would just be standing there and standing there and standing there. And I'd realize I was standing there for a while. But the more I stared into my own eyes, the more the reality around me started coming back into focus. And at some point, either one of my family members would wake up and come and get me and put me back to bed, or I would realize that uh, now I'm kind of back, and I would turn off the lights and go back to bed. Those it, it was never in, those nights never ended any other way. It was either I was away, I was up wandering around, turning on lights, staring at myself in the mirror, or my brother was having a night terror. We have right. we have no memory of what happened in between that time period, but we and we've both never discussed it openly and hardly ever to each other but we both knew something was happening to us and there was nothing we could do about it and it was always something that came through the window and it wasn't and it wasn't a person that came through the window we knew that we knew well, yeah, it was something yeah. else yeah i don't know how they got in they i don't know how they were like four of them as far as i know from what i've but... heard they can just go walk right through your walls they don't even walk anywhere. It just happens. They go. Right. And then there's that. They say that you're they're just there, like they get transported. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Very That's quick. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no Star Trek noise. Yeah, there's no Star Trek in mind. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, everything that I've gotten, I haven't been regressed, but I do have partial memories that that have come back, but but now I can't focus, I can't get it all. Uh, because I also believe um, that I was taken by the government. Now, and, and I see we're supposed to be talking about you, but I'll, I'll give the story. Some people have already heard it. Um, I was tested when I was in school. The government came and they brought a Winnebago and parked it out behind the, the school on the playground. So you couldn't be seen from the street. Then right. they went to the classrooms and they had people in, in big gowns like doctors. And they had clipboards and certain kids were picked out of the classes. And there was only like 10 or 12 of us total. And we were all taken out. And we were all led. We all had someone with a clipboard leading us. And we were all brought out to the blacktop and all lined up. And we went into this Winnebago. And when we walked in the Winnebago, there was nothing in there but cubicles all the way around the the, uh, interior of the Winnebago. And each cubicle, you would sit down, and it was literally partitioned off. And you were to put on a headset and do what they had told you to do. And you don't speak to anyone except for the person behind you with a clipboard if you have any questions. You motion to that person. You don't turn around and start yelling. You motion to that person. They'll come to you. 
you speak to them, uh, you know, lowly whisper because they don't want anybody else to hear what you're asking or talking about because they don't want each person to know what's going on in the other cubicle until they get to it. And there was various things that we did there that they tested different cognitive abilities that you had. They tested your ability on on uh, deciphering things, your perception, your depth perception, your reality perception, the idea of you being able to reverse engineer things. You, what is this? We want you to take that apart and put it back together. And I and, and I was doing all that. And apparently I scored higher than anyone else. They were very impressed with everything that I could do because I was able to take apart a carburetor from a from a lawnmower and put it back together, and and I did it in 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 enough time to where it seemed like I knew what was going on. And they asked me, "How did you know that?" And I said, "I always know that." And they said, "What do you mean?" And I said, "I I'm always you hand me something, I can figure out how it works." And they're like, "Really?" So they handed me something else, and I have no idea what this is. I still don't. But I was able to take it apart and put it back together and tell them what the function of it was. But I couldn't tell them what it went to because I had never seen that before, and I don't know today what it was. I just know that it was another type of carburetor, but it wasn't for anything I've ever seen in, in our, on our lifetime on this, on this planet. But it had the same function, but it didn't use petrol. It used something else. It had the same function, and they were really impressed. So then, uh, I, at that time, I was 11. So then about a week later, two Air Force officers showed up with my father and took me from my class to the principal's office, who was ordered out of the office. And we sat down, and they were recruiting me to join the Air Force Junior Academy. And then out of high school, I would be a captain at the very least, and that I would be working with the Air Force, but they couldn't tell me what I was going to be doing. And I would have to sign an agreement that says that I would never discuss it as long as I lived. I was 11 years old. They wanted me to make that decision. Now, I said, I don't know that I can do that. They hounded me until I was 24. I never uh, joined them. However, I didn't notice until Corey Good talked about and Emery Smith talked about times when they came and got them from school. And And they were, that was when they would do like a 20 and back. And if not, they were going to work and do something for the government, being tested or doing something at a military base and then be brought back and then mind wiped. I have several instances where I was taken out of class without notice because in in where we were at the school district, your parents had to sign to say you were going to go on. It was okay for you to go on some sort of extracurricular outside of school thing. This happened several times where I never had that permission slip. And I would be taken out. Oh, we're gonna, you're going to get to go and see the dinosaurs at the dinosaur museum today. And I would go, and there would be a van that I would get into, or a small bus. Sometimes a military guy would be driving it, and sometimes no military uniform. And then I would go and have a memory of going to a museum and seeing dinosaurs. And then I was brought back, and I didn't have to do any schoolwork that day. And I went back to my class and then went home. And I never thought about that my entire life until I heard these guys giving that report. I lived, I literally, my house was, was uh, half a mile away from a military base that was the largest naval weapons station in the West, or Western Hemisphere until Miramar in Southern California and then San Diego was built. Before that, it was, it was the, the uh, uh, Concord Naval Weapons Station, which is still there but closed. 
They even wow. had nuclear weapons up on the mountain. I found out from the guy they called the doctor, who uh, was the uh, uh, hand-to-hand combat trainer for the Navy and the Air Force, or no, the Navy and the Marines. Out on the huh. military base, my mom cut his wife's hair, and he was retired, and I used to go and sit at my mom's shop waiting to go to work. Uh, I would get a ride with my mom and sit at her shop for an hour and then walk to work. And this guy would tell me stories every week when his wife, or every two weeks when his wife came in to get her hair trimmed and, and stuff done to it. And he told me all these stories, and I was like, what? That man told me a bunch of stuff that went on at that military base. So then I, so then I find out, he tells me about the, the underground portion of the military base, and I find out they take you to the nearest military base, and this always happens to kids that live within a mile or two of a military base. Because it's quicker to get you in, get you down, get you shipped to wherever you're going to go and get you back and get your mind wiped and then get you back to school and no one notices. So I didn't know any of that until about three or four years ago. Find out how many, because I'm a military brat, you know. How I'm, and everybody I'm, in my family was in the military. The military. So I'm a big military family. So it's like, yep. I wonder how many military kids get. And I wonder how many, you know, it's come, come up the, the whole chipping thing. Right. I was in once or twice during the military just for mundane crap but you know did they implant something because there's you know, always who knows? i have a scar right on the back of my head at the base of my brain uh-huh. no one in my family knows how i got it i have no memory of how i got it one day i was you know i had cut my hair short and you know how you were doing like i'm doing now and i was like what is this and so I was like, what is, what is this? And I said to my wife, what is that? She said, you have a scar right there. And I said, I don't have a scar right there. She goes, yes, you do. She took a picture of it. So I asked everybody in my family, do you guys remember me getting an injury here? My mom even looked at it. She's like, no, that never happened to you. I'm like, well, how did I get that? So who knows? There might be a chip in my head right now. <laughs> I a lot, dude. <laughs> right? There might be a chip in my head now. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, it's always been, uh, you know, they wanted to recruit me when I was 17 my father and I rode motorcycles up from the San Francisco Bay Area to the military base at, um, oh, I can't think of the name of it right now. I'll think of it in a minute. It's right here between me and where I used to live. Uh, it's an Air Force base, and they, they, had like the, they had the Canadian Snowbirds and the um, Blue Angels there for the weekend to do all kinds of stuff for everybody to watch. So we drove up there to go and watch it. And they had all the motorcycles park in a hangar instead of having them uh, park out on the street or wherever. They, they put them all in a hangar. So as we were pulling into the hangar, this guy recognized me. We had our helmets off. We got in trouble for it. But I had my helmet off at the time. But they made us put it back on. But once we got to where we saw there was no MPs, we took them off again because it was like 104 that day. So this guy recognized me. And we pulled in. And he came running up. And he was, in, he was, a, he was a captain in full Air Force uh, gear and dress gear right and he comes up and it was a friend of mine who got tested with me that day when we were 11 wow yeah and he says lenny because that's who i was back then i was little lenny because my father was big lenny right because i'm named after him so he says check it out look at me and i said you joined them didn't you and he goes yeah and i said what have they got you doing he goes i can't tell you you should have joined right then people that were with him his handlers right noticed that he was talking to a civilian, came to him and said, hey, 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 what are you doing? Get away from there. He says, this is a friend of mine that I knew from, I don't care about that, get over here. You're not supposed to be talking to people, especially civilians. Come on, let's go. And he turned and looked at me and he went, and he had to leave, never saw him again in my life. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting shit goes on, isn't it? Yeah. So I believe that they follow um, DNA. I thoroughly do believe that. 
because people who um, who have, from my opinion, from finding out what I've seen, people who get abducted, they continue to follow those people through their lives and their children. Right. Okay, so there's, there's and I don't know what the um, end game is for that. Um, there's many theories that people say that they think it's, you know, that they're the, you know, the, the watchers and that they're, um, uh, the caretakers of humanity and they're keeping, I don't think it's that. I think it's more, a little more nefarious. I think they're manipulating bloodlines in certain DNAs. Cause you have to remember that my DNA, my bloodline is I'm an O'Neill and I can trace my bloodline back to the O'Neills who owned all of Ireland. Okay. Right. So. So I would, you know, I'm King Ralph. I would be king. The truth is that that my family has a greater claim to that area than England does because they own they own England and obviously they, they should own France because they did at one time, and they should own southern Spain and a lot more than they do because at one time, like when Henry was the king, they used to own all of that. In fact, Henry fought the war against his uncle who was trying to peel France off from the from England. So, but Ireland was in Scotland hadn't been taken over by them yet. Parts, you know what of, I mean? parts, parts of England, parts of France, they all had their own kings. Well, right, was, and then they all had subparts. Well, originally they were all like you know little townships. That's right. the way it always started. You know, it all started with little little kingdoms that were towns. Like London was uh, was fenced in. You know what I mean? Right. And, and then eventually they they became I've got, I've got you know fantastic history that goes back a long way too. I've only done it so far, but. It's like, I know that you just have to look at my dad, that I go back to Vikings and stuff. Right. And also on my grandmother's side, I go back to the Comins and it goes back to, to Robert the Bruce. And so right. I would have been. Well, see, then. you know what's funny about that? Let me, let me talk about that. Is that you and I end up meeting and working together. Right. And this, here's, this is weird. This is, and it's, I don't know if it's natural or if it, or if it happens on purpose. But I grew up in a, and I met this guy and he was a friend of mine and his name was McGovern. Right. And his next door neighbor were Riley's. Right. And historically in Ireland, the McGovern's were at war with the O'Neill's and the Riley's were loyal to the O'Neill's and generals in the O'Neill's army. And the Riley's sacked the McGovern castle and burned it to the ground twice. And these people are actual descendants of those people that had that spat 200 years ago in Ireland. And I'm an actual descendant of the guy who was involved in all of that. But we were all friends, and we all lived within – those two lived next door to each other, and I lived five miles away and met them. And now here, like you, right, you can trace your, your lineage to Robert the Bruce. I can trace mine back to Edward the Black. Here we yeah. end up meeting each other in America, working together. What is the, what is the, the coincidence behind that? I don't believe in coincidences at all. I don't all. either. That's my point. Such thing as bloody coincidences. Yeah. There's too much. So too there's much. something in our DNA that drives us to meet in a lifetime and end up collaborating because we did before. Isn't that weird? Because our families did. How weird. To go to go to those sorts of like coincidences. When I moved to to from California to Florida, I'm in north north central Florida. I know the area fairly well, but you know, I, I've never lived here before. I'm looking for a lawyer. Right. And so I go through the actual yellow pages. So I'm flicking through. I'm avoiding the big adverts. And there's thousands of bloody lawyers. Right. And so I'm, <laughs> I keep coming back to this one name that is, like, speaking to me. No idea why. End up calling them. 
And long story short, it turns out the woman that I'm speaking to, I said, you're a Brit. And she's like, well, I wondered how long it would take you. And I said, so where are you from? She's like, ah, long story, I'm a military kid. And I'm like, so am I. How old are you? <laughs> right. And so she's the exact same age as me within a month. Wow. So I said, so where have you been? When we were four to when we were six, we lived in Singapore. We went to the same school and we were in the same class. What? Right? How does that shit happen? Right? And then you end up meeting later on together. My lawyer. I don't think that stuff happens on accident. No, no. And her mum, I mean, they became clients, but her mum, the funniest Liverpudlian woman you'll ever meet, she's really hilarious. She remembered my dad. It's hard to forget my dad. My dad was six foot eight and, you know, strawberry blonde hair and funny as all get out and gorgeous. So, yeah. People remember it's memorable. Yeah. Well, you know, here's a perfect example. I'm at the time I was 22. I was separated from my wife. I was living with my buddies out in Antioch. We had a house and it was a big house. It was a seven room house. So we were all a bunch of stags living in this, you know, all a bunch of dudes living in the seven room. We were legendary. We had parties that went on for like a month. I bet you did. We did. It was crazy. We'd literally set the barbecue up out front, and it would keep going for like through two or three weeks. And people were just out there cooking all night, all day, whatever. We just go to sleep, get up, go to work, come back, keep barbecuing. Anyway, keep partying. And one of the, one of the, one night, one of the guys says, "Hey, I want to go get a tattoo." Well, at that time, we were living in Antioch, and there was no tattoo parlors for fifty miles. Now, because of us. There's tattoo parlors there and around there. So we decided to go all the way to San Francisco to the Tenderloin in San Francisco, which is 50 miles away from there. And we go down there and there's a a tattoo parlor that I'd heard about that was famous called Jerry's Tattoos because Jerry was a really good tattoo artist and he hired really good people. So we go down there and we're like, oh, man, they're going to close. We're going to be stuck. And we're standing in line to get in. That's how popular they were. They had a line out the door. Okay. And we're standing there, we're standing there, we're standing there, and we're like, they're going to close, man. And we're like, there's four of us. There was eight of us together, but four of us were getting tattoos. The other guys were just roommates coming along to watch us get a tattoo. And so they're like, all you guys want a tattoo? We're like, no, there's four of us that want to get a tattoo. Uh, These guys are just our roommates, and we're just all together. And they're like, okay, come in here. So we walk in, they close the doors, right? That's it. We're done. Everybody else go home. You guys are the last ones we're taking. Okay, what's going on? So we decided what we were going to get, and I was getting a little fighting Irish mulligan. And they they separated us, right? Okay, you're going to go with him, you go with him, you go with him. And I end up with this guy called Gordon. They called him Gordy. He looks at me, he says, you look familiar to me. And I said, I know, I know you from somewhere, don't I? And he goes, yeah, that's weird. And he says, does your dad ride a, a motorcycle? I said, yeah, he does. Is he in the Hells Angels? I said, no, but my uncle is. And he says, who's your uncle? And I told him. And he says, who's your father? And I told him, he goes, I know your family. And I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah. He says, oh, oh my God, I, I was in the Hells Angels with your uncle. So he knew my uncle. Here, I just random drive 50 miles on a night to go to get a tattoo at some obscure tattoo parlor in the Tenderloin. And the guy's friends with my uncle. And he says, where did you guys come from? So I tell him. And I said, there's no tattoo parlors out there. And he says, you know, Jerry was thinking about opening a tattoo parlor out there somewhere. And I, he says, would, would we do good out there? I said, yes, there's none. So because of that, Jerry took Gordy's word because Gordy took my word. He opened a tattoo parlor in Pittsburgh, which was the city right next to Antioch. Yes, Lucky, the guy who, the Asian guy who was there working on my buddy, ran that store. I went there. He remembered me. 
and gave me a, a, a tattoo that he charged me 100 bucks for that was like a $400 tattoo. Awesome. And he was like, he's, this guy's legendary. His picture's around here somewhere. The reason this tattoo parlor's open is because of this guy. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. Gordy told uh, Jerry, Jerry took your word and opened the place, and I'm running it. The world, the world is seriously, seriously small. Yeah. Isn't that weird? You, that's just like when you go, here's another thing, right? You find people, weirdest things. I'm playing World of Warcraft. That's a world of its own. Right. With like 100 servers, I'm on a server with who knows people around the world. I end yeah. up in this city, and there's a daily quest where you go fishing, and you're trying to fish up this fish that has this lady's hand in it because she's got a ring on it, and they're trying to get the ring back. And you're sitting there fishing, and this person standing next to me is a female character, and she's fishing next to me, and we're and this this quest takes forever. Sometimes it takes like 45 minutes for whatever reason. It just takes it's the longest goddamn daily quest in the game. And she looks over at me and starts talking to me. She says, "I've been at this for an hour and a half. Am I doing something wrong?" And I said, no. I said, it takes a long time. I said, it's just, it just takes a long time. This stupid thing takes like uh, 45 minutes. She goes, well, I've been here hella long. I said, you just said hella. And she goes, oh, yeah, sorry. I'm from uh, Northern California. I said, yeah, me too. I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. Only people in the San Francisco Bay Area and Northern California say hella. She says, yeah, that's because that's where I'm from. She says, where are you right now? I said, I'm in Carmichael. Where are you? She says, I'm in Carmichael. <laughs> What are the odds that two blokes playing a video game in the same town end up in the same city in a whole world with a 30, you know, with 150 servers that are from the same area that live in the same area next to each other in a town as big as Carmichael, which there's, you know, this is a small town here. It's just a little suburb of San Francisco or so Sacramento. And, and, and I just died. I was like, what are the odds of that? So now we're friends on the game. I don't know who they are here, but we're fr- there's somebody here that, that is in the same city not too far away from where I live. It's amazing. It's amazing. I I love that stuff. I haven't lived all over the place. I've been really lucky in that respect, living all over the place. Just to meet somebody like that, thousands of miles and decades later. Well, that happens too. You hear stories of people like from America and they go overseas and they're in, they're in Japan, Tokyo. Right. And and they they bump into an American. Hey, you're an American. Where are you from? Oh, San Francisco Bay area. Me too. Where? And you come to find out you guys are neighbors. Right. You're like a mile away from each other or down the street. Across the planet. Why? Yeah. Why is that? Why are you being put together like that? Well, I think family members do that, you know, by design. But I think you also design uh, yourself around. And I think we, I think you promise people things to be in and out of their lives. I really do. I think that there's a design that happens. And I don't I don't believe that. I don't believe that, you know, God is in control of everything. God's not a, um, you know, he's not a helicopter mom or helicopter dad. Uh, A lot of people want to believe that. They think that God has created everything and God is controlling everything. And and God has designed your whole entire life ahead of time. And there is no free will. That's, I don't believe any of that. But, uh, But I do believe that, that we all connect on a neural network. I believe that we do. I do believe that we have a super conscious mind, a hive mind, but we just at this stage don't understand it yet or we're not able to because I do know that you can, you can tap into that, what they call the acacia record. So I think that on a, on some level when we're, when we're not in body, uh, maybe prior to our lifetime that, that we conjugate in a certain place uh, on purpose, because here's an example. Uh, people with typo negative blood are like 10% of the entire population. I know more people that have typo negative blood than not. 
What are the odds I, of that? I, mean, I do. I actually quite frequently ask people what blood type they are. Yeah. I'm I'm sad. I'm an A positive. <laughs> I'm sad. I'm an A positive. There's nothing wrong with being A positive. You should be but sad for people that are that are type O negative because we can give you and everyone else our blood, but we can only take type O negative blood. I know. It's just I'm. It's boring. It's boring. <laughs> it's funny. You know, I I don't know. Well, I don't know what it is about that. You know, <clears throat> I didn't even realize I had forgotten uh, when I got married the first time. We had to do a blood test. My my ex-wife now, but my wife then, she knew what my blood type was and remembered it from when we had to get tested. I had forgotten it. It was 25 years ago, 26 years ago. Um, so I had forgotten and I didn't know what it was. So I got a test done and I was like, oh, wow, I'm typo negative. She's like, of course you are. And I'm like, you mean I paid for a test that I could have just asked you about? She's like, yeah, don't you remember we had to get a blood test for when we got married? I'm like, it was 25 freaking years ago, man. <laughs> Right? And she's like, I still remember. And I was like, okay, here's the finger. Finger for thee. Um, but, you know, but the truth is she remembered I didn't. And But then, so I find that out. And then I'm like, well, what does that mean, really? Because I know it's really rare. So that's when I really looked into that. And I was like, wow, it comes from the west coast of Spain. My son's an O negative. How can that be? Because somebody, uh, your old man, whoever your DNA donor was, must have been uh, had that strain. He could have been like O positive, but he must have had that strain to give him O negative. However, and if not, it could be a generational skip. It could be his grandfather or grandmother. Somebody on one of your guys' side has oh, that so has that strand. Interesting. Because that doesn't just manifest. Type O negative doesn't manifest. You can't add, you know, A positive and B negative and get type O negative. It doesn't happen. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It becomes A B negative or A B positive usually when you when you mix those two. It's a mathematical yeah. equation. So to get O negative, you have to have O negative somewhere in the DNA that's a recessive or, uh, it, you know, or something. And then it, you you guys have it. So you may have that DNA as well. Your blood type might be. Uh, you know, would you say a, a positive, but somewhere yeah. in your DNA, someone was O negative at some point. So it's still in your DNA markers. You have to remember that your Alert. DNA is literally that you're if you were able to decode your DNA, every single person that has ever been before you, every part of their DNA is in, is listed in your DNA. Everything, everything that has DNA. happened, every cold, every flu bug, every disease that your DNA has ever had since it started on this planet is, is actually still listed in your DNA. It's really fascinating. And it's happened to me twice, but once really monumentally. I was working on somebody, you know, I'm a massage therapist. So I was doing Reiki on somebody and I did something that just happened out of the blue. And... I'm holding onto her feet, which was, it used to be the one place where I did it. And so I'm, I, I touch, I have to touch to do Reiki. I've got the crystals going. I've done everything else. It's very wooey, right. but I do my own thing. And I'm, I'm looking at her and it's like this other screen is there. I'm seeing all of these roots going out and it's like, it's totally the tree of life, right? totally the tree of life. So I follow this one thing. And I see she's got two sons. And I'm like, wow, I thought you only had one kid. You've got two kids. You never told me you got two kids. She sat bolt upright on my massage table. Right. How the hell do you know that? Nobody knows that. And I said, oh. Your DNA does. <laughs> you know what? I'm looking at your DNA. I'm completely wigged <laughs> out here because... It's like you were nine or ten, you broke your right wrist. 
how do you know? I'm like, it's all here. It's all mapped out. It's all and mapped it's out. Yep. Like a little picture of a wrist and somebody point. It's just, it's, it's an energy that you feel. And I, I could tell her all these different things. It was fascinating. I've never been able to go back to do that, but I didn't even try. It's like these massive things that have happened along the way when I've learned something. Right. I had the same thing happen when I was actually in massage school a bazillion years ago. I was having my left thigh worked on. Deep tissue, it was connective tissue. Everything was peaceful. It was a beautiful summer afternoon. And I wasn't thinking about anything. And all of a sudden, everything in my body, my cellular being, knew that my dad was alive. I didn't question it. It was a feeling. And then it was not 30 seconds later, every single cell in my body knew that my dad was dead. And I was like, to myself, wow. I've just been shown that when you know a truth, that you know it on a cellular level. And I know it probably sounds like garbage mumbo gumbo to some people, but to me, that was probably one of the most important things I actually learned at massage school. And I learned a lot because Sorry, it means I'm, I'm that reading the chat here. I forgot to pull the chat up. There's all kinds of comments. <laughs> I'm completely now, but it was so fascinating to figure out that when you know a truth, you know the truth on a cellular level. Matt is fascinating. And that's helped me along the way as well, you know? Well, and you know, and I agree with that. So go on. I, I agree with that, especially when you know the truth, you know it on a cellular level. And, and, and it's, you know, you, there's sometimes your camera froze on me. I hope you're still with me. There's sometimes when um, uh, things like that happen and you just know something and you don't know where you know it from. Yeah, you're frozen. I hope yeah. you're still here. No, you're still there. Wait a minute. I'm still here. There you are. Is it, do you want me to, yeah, um, it was just your, your video froze, but you're, I can hear you now, so that's good. Do you want me to stop my video and restart it? No, no, you're okay. Uh, it's just for some I reason think... there's, there could be a airplane going by. Something's interfering with your, your latency right now. It'll, it usually clears up after maybe a couple seconds. Maybe it's my cellular level talking to you. yeah so tracy says in in the in the chat she said that let's see let me go back here she said me too air force right so she said i have unusual scars and weird experiences so she also had the air force try and recruit her but she was i think you were in the military tracy is that our trace yeah yeah that's our trace yeah she i mean she was military and yeah. And she was in the military herself, and she's been abducted too. We talked about she, it. Before. Yeah, she was saying that because I think I've been abducted as well. So yeah, she, she was. Yeah. So she was recruited, and and they. Uh, she thinks she's been abducted as well. Um, so isn't that crazy, right? So I, let's see. You know, uh, I, Celeste says, uh, "I lived up and down the East Coast. It blows my mind how connected everyone is." See, so she sees that too where she was living up and down the West Coast and how, how many people were, like, interconnected with, with different things. So I, I honestly believe because of, you know, if you do buy into the theory that everybody here has been stuck and they've been going, you know, in circles, and I think that what has happened is that all of the souls that have known each other are, are kind of conjugating around each other. And I think that the, we're doing that because 
the the proximity is reminding us that we know each other and i think that's how the message went out the call went out saying we're stuck is that people started meeting each other and going i know you don't i know you you know what i mean so i think that that, i think that plays part of it but it could be just that that's a natural thing anyways Maybe whoever um, writes know. a person is that, you know, that it may be that one of their jokes that they're playing on us just to make us go. <gasps> right. That could be nothing. Right. It could just be the, the a God playing a joke on oh, us. Right. Oh, and it's that whole thing. You thought you were something. Wait till you see this. Right. Yeah. So Celeste, she's a positive as well. So, yeah. Oh, I didn't tell anybody share this guy. Share this out. Um, we, I didn't share it either. We just started talking. Normally, I share it like I spam it to about four or five groups, and I didn't. So share this out. Otherwise, people are just going to have to see it in rerun. Uh, we'll do it again, though. We already discussed that. That we'll be that we'll, we'll her and I'll get back on here, and you and I'll get back on here and talk. We talk like this anyways, guys, when we're not on air. So truthfully, this is a conversation we've been normally having over the phone anyways. Right? So we just decided to go live with it, right? Why not? I mean, we had it was we had the ancient aliens worldwide hit two hundred fifty thousand. Um, members and Mandy's the spearhead behind that. Uh, so, uh, you know, I wanted to give kudos out to ancient aliens worldwide and, and pay her a little bit of homage and thanks and make sure that it gets on the air uh, that people are aware of the hard work that she does. And she's being so humble. We're just sitting here bullshitting instead of, you know, every time I start patting her back, she looks at me like she's yeah, doing that. <laughs> I'm not alone. Try to one of them as well. It's like, I'm not in this. It's like another, well, you and the team. It's it's you and the team. It's your team that you put together that that is doing this, and you guys are the ones who have made this possible. Definitely, and of course, every one of you fans really, out there, every one of you out there, members, I'm, every one of you members who uh, who research and post things and discuss things. The reason that the group is there is because all of you, two hundred fifty thousand members, those however many thousands of you that actually uh, research and post things. Um, you guys are the ones who drive the, the, the thing. We just, you know, the, Mandy and the group steers it. <laughs> you guys are the horses. You guys are the horses that are pulling the cart. They're the ones driving the cart. We clear the snow out of the way because, there's a, you know, you right? get trolls and you, you get idiots and you get people that just want to piss on your bonfire, basically. Right. And we don't want that. We want to have a place. And that's why we have so many, like, forbidden sounds a little bit evil. But right. Where else you go, they're talking politics, and then they start saying, you know, my dick's bigger than your dick, and he's better than him, and my dad's, right. and it's like, we've got to have a place where we can, we're already talking something really out there, we don't yeah. need all the rest of the shit, we need somewhere where we can just come and talk about what we're interested in. You know, there, was, there was someone who had made a comment about that in Ancient Aliens Worldwide, they actually uh, uh, sent me a, a message saying, I wanted to thank you for uh, making Ancient Aliens Worldwide non-political. Everywhere else I go, everybody's arguing politics and yelling past each other. And I forgot to tell you this. This was sent to me last week. And you guys don't let that crap happen. And I love being able to come to this group because it's a break from reality. I can come here and look into what I want to look into and and look into aliens and discuss ancient aliens and the idea that people were here, are they here now, and not have to have somebody start talking about the bullshit that all, all we hear about on the news every day. And I thought, you know what? That's the what what you just said. That's what we're striving for, to make it a family-friendly place where yeah. people don't have to go and hear cuss words and, and chest and you thumping. Know, and, I mean, the swearing thing, contest. people are like, yeah, are we in grade school? And it's like, no, we're adults, and we're supposed to be respecting one another. There are kids in that group. Right. But it's like, 
takes away the gravity of what you're talking about. The minute that you start throwing a fuck in there and a crap in there and a shit, it's right. like it takes away the gravity and the yep. and, of the power of what you're saying. Yep, absolutely. And if That's why you know, in my with, with my podcast, the only time you hear me cuss is when I'm looking for that audience and I'm talking to that audience. Otherwise, I won't. I won't cuss. So you'll hear me like maybe one word per show. I might slip out because I believe the same thing. You're not well, taking you, serious. You, you look like a. You look like you're. You know, uneducated when right. the language that you have is nothing but cuss words. Exactly. Yeah, but however, agreed. you know, I swear like a sailor. You know, well, I mean, me, too, when I'm off air, forget about it. However, it's like it's it's a different beard. It's like yeah. this isn't what we're about. Right. And this. Same like with the COVID stuff. It's like when that first came out, I said to you, I, I don't give a shit what anybody says or thinks. It's a banned topic. I don't even want to see comments. And, and agreed. What does it have to do with alien hunting? Nothing. Well, yeah, the question is, has it been sent by aliens? Well, no. no. But yeah. it's like it, it doesn't belong there. And the biggest thing that I saw was that it's going to create hostility and it's yeah. going to create arguments. It's going to be back to the the whole presidential bullshit again. Right. But then, but they, they, they like to change the subject. Anyway, the whole thing was well, you that, know, and that's, that's etiquette. I mean, I was taught growing up, there's two things you never talk about in public or at a family setting or especially a party of any kind. It, religion and politics, period. Leave those out. Right. If you leave those two things out, you won't have a fight with anybody unless it's over what soccer team is, is the best in the world. Because we all yeah. know that Ireland is the shit. <laughs> That's when you're supposed to look at me and go, no, <laughs> Liverpool or whatever your favorite uh, English club is. Be, I'm an Arsenal supporter, but, you know, I know yeah. that they're not, like, top of the league. Right? Yeah, no, the Irish aren't the best t- team in the world. They, 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 had a, they had a decent football team a couple of years ago, and they do okay, but they're not the best in the world. I prefer rugby Brazilians are better at football, I think, than, than any of the U.K. or the white people in America. The Brazilians? Yeah, they've they got pretty good teams over there. Yeah, they do. It's just, yeah, it's just like the uh, mixed martial arts. The Brazilians have been mopping up the world. You know, the Brazilians have mopped up the world in mixed martial arts uh, since they got here. Especially the Gracie family, when they got here, they're they got four generations. They now they have clubs all over the United States. They're trying to teach Americans how to fight properly. <laughs> Pele, not just I. What's that? I did, I, Pele, like one of oh, the great. He might have. Pele was great. Pele was a great uh, uh, football player. Great football player. He just I always tried to do the Pele, and I could never get it down right because it always hurt too much to flop on my back and try and kick that ball. But I'll tell you, my brother was able to do it. He's a little taller than me, so I was I was excited because of his size. You know, I thought there's no way somebody his size could do that, and my brother could actually do that and jump jump up in the air and kick that ball and land on his back and shoot that ball anywhere he wanted to shoot it. I never could perfect that. <laughs> yeah. So um, so in our final ten minutes. Yeah, tell, yeah. Me, tell me, tell me what you think about this. Do you think that this um, COVID bullshit was sent to us as uh, control? Can we yeah. talk about that, by the way? We yeah, we can talk about that. Um, yeah. Do I think that you're talking about the whole thing that's going on with, yes, the, the, I think the COVID virus was planned. And I think that the, the, they're trying to get back control of not only the United States, but the, the cabal and the, and the rest of the world. And this whole thing is, is a, yeah. an attempt, and it's a soft coup by uh by china it's not so much soft it's hardcore 
Well, at this point, it is. I believe that it is. And and, and there's only a few people yet that are talking about that. And next time when we talk, I want to bring on, I'm going to bring on the videos that you had me uh, uh, get from uh, Burns. Uh, right. What was his name? Peter, Peter Burns? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. I want to play those videos for you guys uh, where he talks about that. Um, I didn't have time because of, the, you know, what's going on. We're on Christmas week here. Uh, and I was doing that show that I was doing, so we had to promote that show. Um, I was going to talk to Mandy on Saturday and talk about Peter Byrne. So we'll give you that tidbit at the end. So let's preface with what we're talking about here, and at the end I'll, yeah. I'll lead into, well, her and I will lead into, we're going to discuss that part. And that has to do with the Chinese coup and the coup attempt by the American uh, uh, militarized deep state. Okay, it's, all, so, it's all one and the same. I think it's yeah. all undercover, and, and it's the same with all of the trafficking and all of the bullshit. It's all very unsavory, and it's all under. It's been going on for thousands of years. Oh yeah, but, no, I, we you know we kind of touched on this uh, when Omar and I were talking. Uh, we were promoting the the show for uh, for um, yesterday, and um, but we kind of touched on this because you know the, they've uncovered the DNA, if you look at that little girl who uncovered that all the presidents were related, and then after that, the guys from Above Majestic two years ago proved that, like, all the deities from every country, all of Europe, the Queen, all of them are all related, and it dates back to at least, at least the 1200s to the Diest clan, but I believe that it goes back even further, and a lot of people in this industry believe what you just said. We believe it goes back to um, the Atlantis and the Atlanteans because the yeah. Atlanteans supposedly split out to the rest of the world, if not already had control. So I believe that this whole control of this cabal goes back thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of years. I do. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah, that I was because that's why they hid that elongated skull from us for so long. And it took Graham Hancock and uh, Stephen and Evan Strong in Australia, uh, Hancock working with the people over in, in Egypt and Africa and uh, Stephen and Evan Strong with the Aborigines to yeah. get a hold of a skull before they got confiscated and take pictures. And then uh, Giorgio Sukalos uh, was able to get the museum to let him go and film them. So yeah. he and Childress went in and filmed them. So and it was not until that that we had any kind of real look at these elongated skulls. And Hancock was able to get a DNA samples and test it. And that's the only reason we know anything about the DS clan and the elongated skulls and how they're all related. Uh, they kind of, kind of shot them. The cabal kind of shot themselves in the foot with this, whether or not they managed to. I don't know how this is going to play out. I think I do, but I'm not even going to mention that at the moment. However, right. I think they've shot themselves in the foot a bit <clears throat> because they've kind of had to show a little bit too much to get to where they are at the moment. Yep, they're desperate. So that's why I just said, in fact, I was talking to Josie, talking to Frenchie earlier today, uh, te texting or not talking to her, but te you know, back and forth messaging. And I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they roll out the false flag alien invasion. Stephen <laughs> Greer has been talking about that for 25 years. Right, Dr. Stephen Greer. Yeah. And the whole Nazi thing, it's like, it's now just shown what's yeah. going on now is now just shown. And you know that I said this the yep. first week, this smells like the Fourth Reich. And then by week five, yep. I'm like, this doesn't smell anymore. This stinks. Yep. And when I'm hanging that sign on my business door where you've got do this, do this, do this, wear a mask. And then number three, it says, if you have violators within this business, call this number to report them and i'm like christ in three weeks time am i gonna be wearing a yellow star on my coat right 
get any more obvious. Yeah. And people just don't see it. No, they don't. And they, but they're waking up, but it's not as fast as you and I would would like to see. But they are. They're they're starting to because you know just just like I'd said before. You know, there was that moment in uh in the the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie, the second one I think, or the third one, the very beginning, where Carter Beckett was sitting there and they were hanging all the pirates, and they were all right. chained up and they're all in a row. And that one little boy started singing, and eventually they all started singing. And Gillette runs over to Carter Beckett and says, "Sir, sir, they're." Um, they begun to sing, and Carter Beckett looks up and says, "Finally." When I had that same moment happen with all this stuff going on with COVID, when all the lockdowns all over and nobody was doing anything, and people are losing their businesses, and one by one on the news, New York, L.A., up here in Sacramento, all over the country, people were defying the orders and opening anyways, and then protesters came out in support. When that happened, I looked at the TV screen and said. Finally, I you know I and I said as well going back a few months, I was talking with whoever here and you know they said people are waking up and I said yeah but the more people that are wake up they're going to come back out. What's going to be the next thing that comes up? Oh, there's a new strain, and now what's coming? There's a new strain. Well, so, see, I just talked about that too, and I just because when that hat when that hit, I I looked it up. And I'm like, they're talking about a new strain, like as if it's brand new and it's the only one. And oh, no, look out. We're going to have to get a new vaccine. OK, so I looked it up and people I, I, I say to you out there in the world, look it up. There are over 8000 strains of the coronavirus that have mutated in the last 11 months. Right. Not just and this new one. There's 8000 because it is a flu bug. It's not a disease. It's a flu bug. It's a chimeric virus. Right. There are colds out there and. On a cellular level, those viruses don't just go. When you've had a cold and it's chimeric and it's attached to that somehow, right? Then it's going to be in your system. Yep. It's going to be in your DNA. It's going to be in your body somehow because yep. it's there. You've had it. Well, and, and, so, they, and they see that's the problem that they don't understand is and and here's here's what they're doing. Uh, I had a video where that showed this. A woman showed this. What they're doing is what they're looking for the the coronavirus and what they're doing is they're doing exactly that they they have somehow because i know that they've probably mapped out the entire genome of the human race they knew where to look what area of the gene to look for the marker that says you have the coronavirus the only reason that that would be there is that that person had it they have the antibodies to it but you well, the way your body works is that when you have the antibodies for a disease or a cold or a flu bug your body doesn't continue pumping those out. It stops when the virus is no longer in your blood and it's not detected. But it has to remember, and it right. keeps that on file, that that virus, it keeps the virus DNA on file and the vaccine for it on file right. in your DNA. So you can trace that that person or someone in their family line has had COVID-19. So that will right. be in your DNA forever. When you have children, it's going to be in their marker in their blood, too. Okay, so that's why when they when they designed AIDS, everybody who is European, who has pure European blood on both sides of their family and can date back to being in Europe when the Black Plague happened, which is the bubonic plague, they are immune to the bubonic plague. Otherwise, they wouldn't have survived. Come forward in time, AIDS was designed to kill everyone else except for people who were immune to the bubonic plague. Good Lord. Okay, and guess what? Coronavirus is the same thing. 
if you have type O negative blood or if you're European and you're from and your families go back to Europe at that same time, the chances of you dying from the coronavirus are 99.999% against you dying. The chances of anybody dying from the... It's actually 99.9% of, of living. So it's only like a zero, it's, it's 0.01%. First of all, nobody dies from the coronavirus. No, they don't, because this is what happens, guys, and I've told people this. What it is is the coronavirus, when you get it, it overwhelms your system because you already have pre-existing um, problems. So what happens is you get AIDS. See, people, they don't want to use the word AIDS because they everyone has been told that AIDS is synonymous with HIV. It is not. HIV overwhelms your immune system, and you get what's called autoimmune deficiency syndrome AIDS but you can't you can't say it like that you can't say it is AIDS because you're going to freak people out well that's see that's why they're not and they're just saying that's coronavirus and it's a disease it's not but it, it overwhelms it, it, your body's system and your immune yeah, system shuts with, down and it, you it can't tough. you can't fight it off what happens is it tires you out your other problems that you have also are tiring you out i have copd I am type 2 diabetic. That means my body is compromised, my immune system. I have to boost all the time because it's trying to fight off what I have going on with me. Okay, so when you get the coronavirus, that adds to it on top and it overwhelms it. And then you could die from a cold. You get exactly. a cold and it kills you. It goes into pneumonia and you die. You don't die from coronavirus. Immunosuppressive disorders. It's a, yeah, it's an immunosuppressive well, that's why disorder. If, you, if, yeah. you, if you've got, I mean, you're at more of a risk but you're still not gonna like 99.9 well you know what they just came out with my sister actually uh just sent me this today the scientists i had already heard this and i've been doing this they said that if you me everybody takes 5,000 iu units of vitamin d3 every day you will not die from coronavirus 10,000 and well, they they say minimum. I take I take five thousand, and when I think I have a cold, I take ten thousand. <laughs> right? You can't overdose from vitamin D three. Now, Joe Rogan had a scientist on his show. She said they know this for one hundred percent certainty, but they haven't told the world yet. He started taking D three in large quantities, and I immediately ordered it in large quantities and advised my family to do the same. Today, my sister said they that they thousands of doctors signed a document. And sent it to the World Health Organization and to every country on the planet saying, okay, officially we have, we have decided that if, if people take a large quantity of D3 and, and they get coronavirus, they won't die from it. So, so there's, the other thing is selenium. It's, it's like, you know I'm a nerd and I knew about this stuff beforehand, but the selenium is like, Dr. Rashid Batar called it... Um, like the birth control pill for virus. Yeah. So I take, I think it's 5,000 milligrams of, I think it is. Don't quote me on that. I'd have to come back to you for it. But everything, um, I found that everything is usually in the, around the two gram range, right? If you take two grams of anything, <laughs> it's always the right equation. I found that out from doctors. I would hate for somebody to, to sort of follow what I just said and it's wrong. I know that the, the vitamin D, I live in the Florida, I live in the Sunshine State, for Christ's sake. Yeah, so you get more vitamin D anyway. No. Everybody I know has got depleted vitamin D levels. Well, they say mostly, most people do in, in the modern era because we don't work outside anymore. So we're, we're running we're running through the sun's rays to the car and to the mall and to the store. No, yeah. not, at all. not at all. I've got people that are outside all the time. There's a lot of landscape gardeners that I know. People that work outside with their hands all, they're, def, they're def, 
to play in it too. Well, from what the people tell me that listen to my show, they say it has to do with uh, the cloud seeding and the contrails. That, I think it's that. Yeah, I totally think that it's that. They're stopping us from getting the vitamin D by uh, they're right. doing it on purpose so that we'd be sickly to set this whole virus up. Right. So that's where that whole thing comes in together. Yep. Are they, there's so many underlying lies. But what I was going to say earlier is, to me, it's like all of these things that I've gone down all of these rabbit holes over the last 12 years big time right and the tributaries but to me everything that i've gone down it's all coming together it's like a big net so you know it's it's funny that you say that my my ex-wife uh she she hates that i talk about this stuff and and last time i talked to her she said when did you become the conspiracy guy and i said i've always been the conspiracy guy my father was the conspiracy guy because she said the same thing you're you're spouting off the stuff that sounds so crazy i said you know what 10 years ago i thought this stuff was crazy too and yeah. then when I went down the rabbit holes, just like you just said, when I went down all these rabbit holes, come to find out when you get the entire package together, then it becomes clear that everything that all these crazy people are saying is true. That's what COVID has done. And that's where, to me, the cabal has outed themselves because of yep. the COVID. They've just shown their asses from every single thing. How else would this all come together? The Nazism and, yep. you know, the, the, don't get me started on the church stuff because... We we were talking about that too. Uh, all the churches have been corrupted by the cabal yeah. and and uh, turned into money making schemes and lies. Everything has. Yeah. Everything. I don't know what to believe anymore. And that see that was done on purpose because then we have no we have nothing that we can. There's no definitive anything. <clears throat> They've used the internet to make sure that when you look up everything, there's just as much negative press on whatever that is than there is positive so that you don't know what to think anymore because there's conflicting for everything. Nothing in life, only, even if you were to look up, is it certain that I'm going to die? They're going to say yeah. there is no definitive proof that you're going to actually die. Yeah, I'm going to die at some point. Our lives are not infinite. You know, infinite. We have a finite number of time we can be on this planet before this avatar breaks down. Right. right. So there, my father said there's only two certainties in life. One, you're going to be born and two, you're going to die. Yeah, that's it. Everything well, else is completely uncertain and you can't guarantee. I'll reiterate what I said. I do know what to believe because thankfully I'm a bit more evolved and I, I can pull back. I don't watch mainstream crap. Right. I, I'm very choosy about. And it's funny. Most people would think that I was insane because I, I do the ancient aliens thing. But you learn a lot from the topics that come up from yeah. what comes up on ancient yeah. aliens. It's yeah. not just about little green men. It's a lot. Yeah. No, the, so, the people are brilliant who research that, not the guys on the television show. Some of those guys are, are smart, but they drive the narrative, and, and some of them have quit because they drive the narrative of the of the cabal. They drive the narrative of the uh, Orion uh, Crusaders that we were we were created by a creator god, an alien race. That is what you hear from ancient aliens through and through on every single episode. They say, "Were we created by gods?" And and because that sells it sells tickets to people watch the show, they get ratings. But the truth is, that's a propagation. It's bullshit. It's a lie. And they're and they're trying to take over by that. Okay. Yeah. So, so people need to understand that we were not created. Uh, Chase today put a thing up. Do you think we were created uh, as a slave race? And I looked at his thread, and and the good thing is, ninety percent of the answers were no. Yeah, I don't think we were created as a slave race. No, we weren't. Not, not for a second. No, we weren't. And anyone who claims that, I know seven. I have, I have, I have personally spoken to 
seven different aliens who claim that their race is our creator race. Okay? And then there's those people who believe that all seven of those were our creator races. They all got together with a Petri dish and made us out of their DNA. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Yeah, it's bullshit. Mind you, mind you, Leo, I don't believe in evolution a la Darwin either. So I don't either. You know. I don't either. I, I absolutely, Dar Darwin, uh, I mean, in a sense, in a sense, but not not that the human race evolved from an ape. Okay. No. But the soul that was in that ape became a human. Maybe so on that DNA type level, on that cellular right? level. And it down I, the road I think that when that, per, when that, because the, the way it works is you're either sentient or you're not. When you're, when you're say, a blade of grass or, uh, you know, a, a disease, <laughs> some sort of virus, you're just something that is, is operating on instinct because that was what your function is. And, right. and the, the way it was told to me is that when when you be you become something that is more animate, then you kind of take on a personality like a bird or a dog or a tree or something, especially something that can move around a fish, whatever. Uh, and then when you become a pet, especially of humans, we name you, we talk to you, we give you a personality and that 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 uh, makes it faster that you realize you're alive, that you are something. And once yeah. you realize you are something, you become sentient. Once you become sentient on this planet, when you die as whatever that was, dog, cat, whatever you were, you're, when you reincarnate after that, you come back as a human. Because now you're sentient, and now you're, now you're starting to grow. This is the baby human or the baby uh, sentient place. We're the freaking uh, birth basket of our uh, uh, spiritual growth. We became sentient. We come here. Then we start to grow up and learn what it is we're supposed to know because when we leave here, we're going to be learning all of these things as we grow and get and yeah. get you know larger I'm, and bigger or whatever. I'm blown away by the amount of things that I, the awareness thing blows my mind, and how it's like. How did I not notice that ten years ago? How well, did how all of us do that? When when you start to break your conditioning and as you start to level up in your spirituality, you gain yeah. more knowledge and that becomes perspective. You get yeah. a pers you, you literally look at something you've been looking at your entire life and you go, how come I didn't see that before? Oh, you look around. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's right there. <laughs> in your face. Yeah. But that's yeah. what it is. That's why when you talk to those people and you say, look, there's a cabal, there is a deep state that has an agenda to take over the world. They go, oh, Lord. And then one day they go, hey, you yeah. know, you were right. But and then you, you can't say, I told you so. Tapes in slow motion of 9-11. That will tell you everything you need to know. Absolutely. <clears throat> you know, I thought that was craziness when people first told me that. And I watched I watched every single tape I could watch from everywhere on 9-11. And, you know, I used to research, and this is why when people go, well, what, what makes you think you have an understanding? My job, on one way or another, has always been authenticating videos and photos. Since I started alien hunting at eight years of age, that's what you start doing. Okay, you have right. to start authenticating, and, and you have to start saying, this is fake, this is fake, this is fake, until I can't prove it's fake. Okay? Right. And because of that, I take a look at anything. You send me a photo, I'm going to look at it, and my, my entire uh, mindset is, this is a, is a hoax somebody created, and I'm going to disprove this. And that's what my mindset is going into everything. If I can't, then I go, wow, that's compelling. And then I call a buddy of mine and go, look at this and tell me what you think. 
and I don't right. say anything more. And then if that if we both agree on that, then I say let's send it to someone else. And I'll do that for four or five people, and then we'll all get together and go. So what the fuck is it then? Pardon my language, but, right? So is that what is that? So when the when we first got the video for the Tic Tac, say, <laughs> I went through that process, and we had that on Ancient Aliens before it broke the news for a year and a half before it broke the news into America. You know that, right? We yeah. had that video. We were showing pictures and that video for a year and a half before it went live on television. And we were all like, that's not just doctored. <laughs> that's well, not- no, I mean, it got through a lot. And yeah. most things like that don't get through, but it got through a lot and, and yeah. not for a while. But the, the 9-11 thing, I'm, I, it was my first, well, no, it wasn't. It was like my third or fourth major, major rabbit hole. And I've got thousands of hours in on this. Yeah. And there's such, there's some such, I mean, my kid, though, the day it happened, I took it very personally because I moved to America in 2001. Right. And so I'm like, what the hell? You waited until I moved here finally? Right. <laughs> I was so pissed. Right. But my son at the time, who was a young teenager, he tried to tell me at the time, mum, this isn't real. And I thought, yeah, yeah, whatever. And, but he did. And well, the, the telling thing, guys, is if you look up talking about the Twin Towers, if you look up uh, and actually look at and there was a video they put out where they talked to a guy whose job was to investigate that stuff and another guy whose job was to implode buildings. And right. and if you listen and talk to people and I've done this and I'm sure you have, too, because you went down the rabbit hole. If you watch the videos, it's hard to find them now because Google is cabal-minded. They run right. by the cabal, so they so all of you, uh, everything on the internet now is corrupted to where you're not going to get to see anything raw. But if you go to DuckDuckGo and search stuff on that search engine, you'll have a better chance. Yeah, there's a couple of them out there, but they keep gobbling them up anyways. However, you can still find some of them, but right now it's volatile that they knock them down. So you have to find it on someone else's site who has the videos. But yeah, but. If you listen to when the towers come down, there was an explosion after explosion after explosion on every single floor. You can see it. And you can see it going. And then the whole thing falls down. That that building was put was imploded on purpose. It's totally and utterly against the laws of physics. Yeah, but it would collapse like that. To free fall. Not just one, but three. There are seven companies in the whole world that can make that happen yep. and they cost a lot of money. Yep. It's big business. It's not possible on yep. a physics level for a building like that to free fall, let alone three of Yeah, them. their explanation was the fire got so hot that the floors collapsed because it melted the rivets that held each floor together. And it, okay, even if it did that, guys, that would collapse like one or two floors. The fire wasn't in the rest of the floors. So no. that would collapse one or two floors, and those floors would not have enough uh, momentum or weight to continue collapsing floor after floor after floor after floor to knock down a no. hundred and some We're odd not, uh, stories. The, funny, the funniest thing that happened, though, I remember this because I was asleep while I was in bed when the first one hit. Because remember, I was in California when this happened. Yeah, me too. So I got the call after the first one right. saw the second one hit it live. Right. Yeah. Exactly. My ex came and told me to get to, to watch the TV, and I watched the second plane hit now bear in mind military brat airplane freak dan rather dan rather was on the news and they showed this live the airplane going through the building and coming out the other side intact yep and like i look yep. at my the, no, the nose came out still intact and then caught fire right yeah that 
they said, it's hit the it's hit the building so hard that um, it's come out the other side. And I'm like, I look at my ex and I said, is that even possible? And he's like, well, it must be. It's on television. This is the man that was an aero engineer his whole life. Right. Uh, and okay, so first I'm, off, these planes are made of aluminum. <laughs> an airplane is like a double thick Coke can. Yeah. And this is a really big building. Yeah. And then you find out later on that that building was actually built to withstand being hit by a 707. Yeah. <clears throat> it had double steel girders in the yeah, middle. Yeah, on purpose because it's so big, it might have gotten hit by a plane on accident. Right. And so, and right. And so, how did that happen? And why did that photo and several others where you've got the CGI was done so badly well, that the least. Did, you see the, did the you see the Pentagon tapes? Oh, yeah. Now, I watched the video early on before they took that off the air because what came in and hit the Pentagon was a missile. I know. I know it was. It was not a plane. I yeah. can't be. It's not possible. Well, first of all, first of all, the plane disintegrated. The only thing they found was like a little piece of the tail wing that they drug in on a truck, I'm sure. Right. Right. And then the plane that was over. Now, you know, as well, the plane that blew up supposedly crashed nose first into the field in Pennsylvania was shot out of the fucking sky. There was nothing of that plane left. It's back to that whole aerodynamic. There's no way that a plane will go down like that. That's right. That's the fact. If you yeah. do have a plane, you've got you've got a, a prime example. A plane that explodes in the air or it has a crash landing, Lockerbie. Lockerbie is your is your guideline to seeing what happens. And that's what I said on the day. Yep. It's like first of all, that fissure in the ground was there before. Yeah. That wasn't made by that. Second of all, when you have an aircraft doing that, where's all the seats? Where's all of right. the the shit? Yeah, there was, there was no- nothing. There was little teeny pieces of debris and some insulation. Bits of people all over the place. Yep. There would be some no seats. blood, no bl- no bits of people, no skulls, no bones. Nothing. 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 So it's yeah. like you know, just all of those back to back to back, and then and then the ridiculousness. But it's back to the fear. That was our. That was the preface to me. That was the practice run for what's happening now. You know, I was told since then that that was the practice run. Really? Yeah, I was told since yeah, then. That's, that, is, that is exactly the truth. That was the practice run to see how Americans and the world would react to it. And they also but, used that, of course, to go in and, and take over the oil fields. Well, and then give us the Patriot Act. And then give us the Patriot Act, which started all of this. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, let's see how much shit we can do right in front of their faces yep. and see how, how chaotic we can make it. Well, and, and that stupid narrative that they that they melted all the gold, you know, and that it was a, they put all the gold there and they stole it. Now, you know, they didn't do that. The, the gold wasn't even there. The whole purpose of that was to go, I don't know what happened to the gold. We need more. <laughs> right. How many trillions? All of their money has already been spent in the deep state building all that underground shit. Okay. And, in you know, there's no money in Fort Knox. There's no gold anywhere. All of no. our money is based on on crap. The gold that was there is in the coffers of the cabal in their personal saves underground or off world. And those guys are hoarding all the gold that not a single country has any right now. I, okay. Well, I, I don't know. Well, but they keep I, mining it, so they're going to collect more. Yeah, well, it's just things that have come up and I haven't had time to investigate it. So I find it hard to actually talk about it. 
but it was something to do about the Philippines and the Japanese gold that was hidden in the Philippines. And well, they did the same. I mean, you have to understand that the the uh, physical war was lost by the Nazis, but they took over the planet. And you know, the people don't realize that. Here's the question that I tell people: When they decided shortly after the Second World War that Atlantis, for some reason, should be locked down and only a few countries should be able to go there. Why was Argentina included in that group? There's a good reason for that. There is. Because the Nazi party owned, and still does, owned Argentina. And did a long yeah. time before the end of the war. They started doing that, like, in the early 40s. Well, once they found the bases on Argentina, or on Antarctica, they needed somewhere to launch from. So they started gobbling up portions and took over Argentina. Why? Argentina's 27 miles from the freaking Antarctica. Or I say, actually, I think it's 51 or 52. I thought the other day. So they they were making, and it's been discovered and found out several times over the years, that they were making hard water, right? And hard water is what you need to make plutonium, yes? Yes. So tell, and I've always been like a bit on the fence about the glocker. Even though I'm, you know, I'm sure that something similar must have existed. Um. Werner von Braun knew about something going on. He always told us to beware of man. And yeah, not he, actually, from- he actually said, I didn't believe this, and I looked it up. When he was thrown out of NASA, uh, he quit NASA because he knew what they were planning to do. And he actually said and told people, someone told me that, and I said, that's not true. He actually said, he actually said what was going to happen. He knew their plan going forward. Now, you have to remember, he left NASA when? In the, in the 60s, right? Okay. Yeah. So so in the 60s, he left NASA or just prior to that, and they're still supposedly working on his rocket engine. And that's all we supposedly have. But he actually said the first part, and this is what prompted people to ask him, was someone said to him, um, you know, did you guys, what was it that you guys uh, came up with that he was able to get us, you know, to the moon and things? And he said, well, we had help. And they yeah. said, you had help. And he said, yeah. And he yeah. motioned to the file cabinet with his thumb and said, them. Yeah. And the guy looked at the file cabinet and looked back at him and, and was like, okay, obviously it's not the file cabinet, but maybe there's a file in his cabinet that he's referring to. And he says, are you referring to aliens? And he didn't say anything, but he nodded. Yes. Yeah. Then that prompted people to ask him later, and when they when NASA decided to kick him out, everybody thinks he quit. NASA threw him out because he wanted to go public. Right. He wanted to go public with everything, and, and NASA threw him out. So then he told the plan. And everything that he has told in his plan has happened on this planet until now. And the reason I know that that works is because when I was told about it was prior to, it was before 2012. And everything from then until now that this person claimed that he said was going to happen has. Yeah. Up to and including the coronavirus and the and the false flag um, alien, mock alien invasion that See, Dr. Stephen that, Greer found out about in the 90s. Right. I thought the mock alien invasion, I've been warning people about that for years. Me too, because like, because the, right but, now in their death rolls, that's probably going to be the next step. That's why I said to Frenchie earlier today. I wouldn't doubt if we have a the mock alien invasion in the next six months. Uh, well, if, um, before that, because I think that it's going to be the big one. Um, and well, it would once this pandemic doesn't pan out and people start to revolt, they'll have to do it. 
they have no other way to keep control. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, thanks to Elon Musk, we're now all, um, most, most of the world is now used to seeing these weird things going on in the sky. Right. And, well, and here's the thing that's cool about that. He's starting to piss people off. He's left Silicon Valley and he's moving to Texas. He's leaving the cabal. He's like, you guys are nuts. I'm not going to pay your taxes. I'm not going to sit here in squalor. I'm getting out of here and going somewhere else to work. I think that's crazy. They're all starting to eat each other now. That's why people don't realize that. They're starting to eat each other. Yeah, I I hope know what's happening in the Democratic Party. There's a civil war going on in the Democratic Party right now. Yeah. There's a control battle going on between the old guard and the new guard. The new guard are the socialists, and the old guard used the socialists to get back into power. But they were all being used by the cabal to get back into power. And I've hated it because it's like I've tried to not be political for years. I have my my views. I don't want to talk about it. Blah, blah, blah. But you can't leave this. Well, you know, what comes into play um, now is is I was just watching this again today because I'm a, I'm a really big fan of Scott Walter. Um, he's a he's a historian and a rock hound, a, a forensics. Uh, I love Scott. Walter. Yeah, don't you love Scott? He is so great. Um, so they had him involved in this study that had to do with um, the Irish monk or the Irish priest who 900 years ago predicted the last 112 popes. Right. And according to that prediction by that saint, this pope is the last pope. Oh, wow. So back in 2018, Scott Walter was a part of uh, the investigation they just played on the History Channel today. Okay, they're they're getting onto it as well. They have four hours. I'm recording it right now as we're speaking. Four hours. First it was the Vatican Archives. And then it was the last pope, and um, now they have four hours of something else that, before, no, before that was the Bible code, right? They did all the Bible code. Today is like prophecy on History Channel. They did the Bible code, then they did the, the um, uh, now they're on the, they just finished the last pope, and now they're on to the secret archives and other stuff. Uh, and they did, the, they did the study, and he was there uh, talking about it, and according to everything that, was told oh and then what they did was they moved on to the the fatma um the fatma uh, uh, uh prophecies right and uh and how that how they think because uh uh john paul ii he read them and came out and said that he believed that it was about him scott doesn't believe that <laughs> neither does the other scholar the guy who i don't know his name but he's he uh, he has a big long beard like nostradamus and he wears a hat like yeah, they used to wear back in the 1500s okay. you know you know i like him um, yeah. I, I don't know who he is, but he's a scholar. He's a historian, and I think he's a. I think he's a, one of those. Uh, he's a priest of some sort, right? I think he's a religious figure, but he's not a Christian. Rabbi-ish, isn't he? I think he is. I think he's a rabbi because there's. They have a rabbi that's on there. Rabbi Collins and Rabbi. There's two of them that have the beard. They're they're really good. The one has the big beard. The other one has a small beard. Those guys are really good. And then they have the Irish, uh, Catholic priest from New York, uh, who also yeah. speaks about all that stuff in the Bible code. So. Um, they don't believe that because in there it says um, that that the name is the name was slightly different and what else was it? There was something else that was different. Oh, he said that it was he believed that it was him because he was shot in that and that literally Fatma was stopped the bullet from getting into his heart. Uh, and then they said, but wait, he was walking up on the hill and stepping over dead bodies of Christians and was executed in front of the cross. That's huh. there's nothing like that happened to John Paul. No, 
right? So it couldn't be him. But but according to what they say, and here's something, okay? This current pope, the, I'm going to tell you something that I don't know if you know, um, and if you do, let me know that you do know that. But according to prophecy, the final pope is supposed to be used by the Antichrist, who's supposed to be a person who's alive yeah. and should be alive now. And I'll yeah. tell you about the calculation of his age in a moment. And this person is behind the scenes, and we're not going to get to know who they are. There's going to be a false Antichrist that everybody's going to think is the Antichrist, and that's just somebody that the Antichrist has propped up as a guinea pig. You guys will think he's the bad guy. So there's truly right. one that realizes this whole cabal thing and is using the cabal. And then this last pope has supposedly is supposed to have a physical uh, ailment that people used to make fun of him about when he was a kid, and he's really, really screwed up in the head over it. Oh, wow. And, and, the, and the Antichrist gets in his ear, okay, and gets him to do his bidding, basically, and that's what he, how he ends up being the last pope. <clears throat> because he allows people to start getting uh, stuff from the Vatican archives, and right now there's four hours of the show that this Pope is starting to allow people to get to the archives and they're talking about it on you on history channel right now. Okay. Well, I need to go in a minute anyway, but I need to go and watch that in a second. Yeah. Yeah. I would say go and, yeah, go and watch those. So, uh, so real quick. So I noticed while I was watching the show, this Cardinal has a right foot that I think is a cleft foot Ooh, a cleft because foot. I was told that he's supposed to have a cleft foot. And that that's what's got him screwed up. That growing up, when he takes his shoes off, all the priests and the monks have always given him a hard time, and that screwed him up mentally. And when he was a kid, before he joined the, the seminary, and he's always had an issue with that. And I never thought about it, except when they were showing the Pope today walking. I went, whoop, wait a minute. <laughs> I rewound it. And I watched him and went to, okay, there's another portion where he's walking. Maybe that was just a fluke. And I went to another portion, and I went, whoop. And I'm like, he has a limp. This man has a cleft foot. Interesting. Yeah. So if so, if he does have a cleft foot, then the prophecy would be coming into line that he is the last pope and the Antichrist is now in charge of the cabal. And that's what all this is. But here's we were talking about this yesterday. Here's the thing. If you read even in the even in the Christian Bible today, which the books they left in, uh, they're talking about that, too, today, right now. Um, that's the whole the, the the four hours is all about that how they took all the all the shit out of the Bible more books 180 books out of the Bible and threw them away and kept the 86 that are there now for the Old and New Testament together um, and and that it, the the he's alive today and he's in control of the cabal and he's the one that does all of this and he's doing it on purpose to diminish the Christian religion. Because so many people are Christian, just just Catholic alone, there's a billion of them, right? And then yeah. if you go with Christianity of all the different forms of Christianity, you're looking at another billion or two, right? That's a lot of people to disenfranchise. Yeah. Right. So if all that's true, you're going to see things happen quickly, 
uh, and you know, and that's supposed to be the what people worry about in the Bible is that they think that uh, because of that guy back 900 years ago, the Irish uh, priest, he writes that the Vatican City will be burnt down, the Pope will be executed, uh, and you know, the end. And everyone thinks that that means that it's the end of the world, and that it's uh, something like uh, like uh, Scott said, something called the uh, end times, and that that would begin. <clears throat> and I laughed and went, dude, we've been in the end times for like 75 years, maybe yeah. longer. This is the end times. This is the time of tribulation. Think about right. what's happening on this planet. If there's not tribulation here, I'm I'm Lincoln's grandmother. Right. Right. Granny. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm Granny. I'm Granny Lincoln. Right. And I'm not. So. So the truth is we're in the end times now. But and this was something I hadn't thought about until we were doing the show and Neil brought it up. In the Bible, in, in most of the Bibles, it said the devil will be loosed on the planet for a time. Right? The devil will be loosed on the planet to rule the earth for a time. And at the end of that time, he will give up the keys to the gates of heaven and hell. Uh. Now, why would he do that if he's an adversary? He volunteered to do what he's doing. Now, this plays into what, what Ra said, that originally there was no good and evil, but everybody was complacent because they weren't in any hurry, and they knew they were all part of God, so they just sat around going, oh, I'll get there eventually. So the one, the creator of the universe, said, we got to do something to light a fire under everybody's ass. So they created chaos. They created evil, mind-wiped everybody. Now you have the evil boogeyman that's chasing you, so now you run for it. But somebody had to volunteer to be the evil boogeyman. And that there was a pact by the Morning Star and the Creator that the Morning Star would volunteer to be that great evil, come down and rule and do what they're supposed to do, and then at the end of the said time, hand the keys over that frees everybody from the reign of evil and allows them to choose to be judged and to move on. And so that's where we're at now. And that's where we're at now. We're just at the point where... The devil is supposed to relinquish control, right. and that's where they talk about this, the age of Aquarius, right. the Hopi, the Hopi uh, prophecy, and the prophecy from the natives in Australia that now is when you're supposed to make that choice to either go to the good place or stay on this road and end up and end up in the temporal war where AI basically takes control of the planet. And there's only about five hundred and sixty thousand humans. So I have to go. I know we already ran over thirty-eight minutes longer than an hour so i was glad to have yeah, it for a while i have to get going but <laughs> i'd love to do this again yeah we'll have to we can continue we'll, we'll, get, we'll talk about um peter burns and uh that whole yeah. the whole coup thing uh yeah. next time so guys uh we, we have video that that uh, mandy gave me uh and i'm and i put them together and i found from hers because it linked me to a website more video interviews yeah. with burn so i have all those but i have to separate them because i recorded them in one long thing so I'm going to separate them because we're not going to play all of them because it would take us about 35, 40 minutes just for the interviews. Right. So I'll cut up tidbits of what we want to play. and We'll play like, you know, a five minute segment each time when we talk about it, um, because it's important what he says. Uh, he went through and he was a part of just prior to 2016 election and coming forward from then to now. The lid off everything i think it's important that we do it and do it soon yeah that's why the sooner the better so uh after christmas maybe before new year's i right. agree i will be there right so maybe we'll do it next week on the same day next tuesday you want to try for that yeah 
So, guys, next Tuesday, turn, tune in. Uh, Mandy and I will be back, and we're going to break the worldwide with um, with Peter Burns, uh, or not Burn, not Burns, Burn, comma, S, <laughs> interviews that, that Burn uh, gave, and he kind of blows the lid off of everything that's happening right now, precursor this election, precursor 2016 and this one. Yeah. Yeah. We can and, take it on Tuesday. Yep. Yep. All right. And, and guys, don't forget to tune in on Friday. Uh, I'm not going to be on tomorrow because tomorrow is Christmas Eve. Wait, one. Today's Tuesday. So I won't be on. I might be on tomorrow if I if I start going at um, politics. Tomorrow's Wednesday. So if I so if I go want to go on politics, you'll see me doing a Ryan Rising News. And if you see that, don't come on because it'll be a lot like this. It'll be politics and it'll piss you off. Um, I don't think I will, though, because I'm going to take a break because then Thursday I'm doing Christmas on Christmas Eve. So Christmas Day, because it's Friday, I will be doing the Law of One. Uh, at 4 p.m. like I normally do because there's no reason why not. And I'll have my Santa hat on. <clears throat> right? I'll wear, maybe I'll put on a red shirt and look like Santa Claus. You should. You should. Right? Just wear hey, trousers. I didn't, I didn't get all dressed up for nothing. Wear trousers this time. And put on trousers. <laughs> all right? All right, guys. We love you all. Mandy, thank you for coming on and talking to me. It was a great conversation. Um, just so you guys know, these are the conversations her and I have off air. I said this earlier, but I want to reiterate that. Um, this is, you know, so I wanted you guys to kind of get the mindset because you, you see Mandy, you know what she's doing on Ancient Aliens Worldwide, but you never, you don't get to hear her mind. Today, you got to understand who she is a bit, so you understand that she's not just some person who's a fan of alien hunting. She's actually an academic in the in the industry, just like I am and just like the rest of us are. She is educated. She does have knowledge. She does have abilities. She knows what she's talking about. She's gone down every rabbit hole you can imagine. Because every yeah. time I go down a rabbit hole, she's either already did it or she goes, ooh, I'm going to do that too. And then we talk after we've both gone down the rabbit hole. So... So I know that she's, you guys are in good hands uh, with Ancient yeah. Aliens. Now, if you guys saw the video, if you log into Ancient Aliens Worldwide, the first video you see there is Jim Pennington. The only reason that video is there is because Mandy was the one who put that together. Okay. I just produced it for her so that she could just ask questions. <laughs> right. So I she didn't have to do anything besides it. be oh. there, put the crowd in there and control the questions. Uh, so that reason that that video is there and he said stuff to us. He has never said to anyone else in any interview since Rendlesham Forest. I am so, so humbled that he did that for us. Right. It was amazing. It's the, yeah, it was really amazing. That was and one just of the best interviews that, I've ever been a part of because because he did tell stuff that no one knew. Never said anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. the questions. He loved the questions. And so um, yep. there are other things. Irons are in the fire. Obviously, things have slowed down because of COVID and people yep. are now more at home doing things that they would normally not be in times. Taken. So yep. there are other things in, in the play. So watch the space. 2021 should be interesting. I think so. I know so. I know so. It's going to be a, it's going to be a wild ride like 2020 people hunker down. If you listen to, um, you know, to Joe Biden, the president elect, he today said that tomorrow in this 2021 is going to be a darker time than we've seen so far with COVID. So he's, they're already starting to preach a uh, worst case scenario coming up. Everything we've seen so far has been patty cakes. Can I, just, compared can to I say before I leave? Sure. Everybody, everything is going to be OK. Everything yeah. is going to be okay. You know, I try to tell people that, too. I, I agree with you because I don't like to, to create panic. But sometimes just what we say, they go, oh, man, it's going to get bad. Well, not really. I mean, it's, it's going to be, be fine. It's all going to be good. Yep. 
There's Seriously. enough of us here that are adults. It's going to be fine. Everything's going to be all right. Yep. So on that note, thank you. Right. And, and thank, will... to, thank you to everybody out there who watches this video and anybody who hears the MP3 podcast of this video. Pass it on to your friends if you think that they're interested in it. If you don't think they're interested in it, then don't even bother. But, you know, and those of you who hate on us, just, you know, don't send us any email. Just go somewhere else. Change the channel. There's 100 million people out there. Sorry for my potty mouth. Right. And yeah, and we apologize for our potty mouths earlier. We did both have some okay. words that we possibly shouldn't have had there. So I will have to add the X, uh, you know, the uh, the uh, R-rated version for adults only on the tab so people know that not to let their kids listen. Uh, it's adult content anyways. Most of my conversations, I don't want to have children listen to. You never to. talked about boobies. No, no. That, they would be okay with that. For some reason, you can talk about boobies, but you can't talk about deep state. <laughs> You get taken off the air if you say the words election violations. Not exactly those words, but you know what I mean. So if you say something wrong about the election, you get kicked off the air. You start showing pictures of boobies. No one cares. Okay. All right. Thank you. And good night. Right. Have a great night. Thank you for staying on longer for 45 minutes longer than you you said you would. Uh, We'll be back next Tuesday, guys, and we're going to have some cool shit. So be here or be square, right? All right. This is Orion Rising. I am your host. I love you all. Namaste. Have a great day. Namaste. Toodles.